Welcome to the Our Body Podcast. My name is Stacy, and I'll be your host. On this show, I'll be talking with members of Zion Fellowship located in Canandaigua, New York, about the goodness of God to them and through them. Now, God has set the members, each one of us, in the body just as he pleased, and these are his stories. Hello, and welcome back. I'm excited to be talking today with my next guest. She has been a great friend and ministry partner of mine, and I'm really excited to be sharing her with you all today. I would like to welcome today Madison Tricky. Hello, everyone. So Madison, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself um, for my listeners who may not know you yet? My name is Madison Tricky. My husband's name is Kyle. Um, us and our two small boys and uh, my stepdaughter, Zoe, go to Zion Fellowship. We've been there for a couple years now since the COVID craziness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we love it. Um Yeah, we serve in multiple capacities there. We have 9 a.m. prayer, uh, the ministry team that we recently launched, and then Wellspring House prayer and worship. Right, which is so great. I also go to Wellspring. So awesome. Uh, (laughs) So you mentioned the ministry team. I'm also uh, on the ministry team. Well, under you on the ministry team. So um, some people may or may not know, but you are leading the ministry team and also teaching training and equipping a ministry team, I should say. So how did that get started for you? Like what motivated you to um, bring this? uh, Well, first of all, tell us a little bit about the team, but also this particular um, ministry training to Zion. It's kind of a funny story because I had no intention at all of beginning anything like this at Zion or in general. In fact, Stacy used to lead ministry team at our old church. So it was never something that was on my personal radar. I loved serving on it, obviously. Um, but it was never something that I thought I would do. But I had this desire to learn more about my faith. And I felt like God was calling me into my prophetic anointing calling um, in life. So I started researching and Randy Clark has a school called Global Awakening. Um, and they offer online classes. Uh, it's college classes that you can take online. So I went on there being like, I'm going to take my prophetic course and I'm going to learn how to step into this calling on my life and blah, blah, blah. And I went to sign up for it. And granted, I was like early too. And the prophetic class was closed. Sold out. Sold out already. <laughs> and I was like one of the first people to jump on. So I'm like, okay, Lord, like, what are you trying to say here? And I noticed that physical healing, Holy Spirit directed my eye to physical healing one being open. So I was like, all right, Lord, if you're calling me to do this, like, even though that's not where I feel, you know, I'm, I was going to jump on and do, let's do it because I obviously want to see people healed physically. Um, I had a passion to see physical healing for a long time, but I knew I wasn't walking in it the way Jesus walked in it and his apostles and disciples in the gospel. So I was like, what could I lose by taking physical healing one? And I had some preconceived notions about the course and God humbled me and said, Randy (laughs) Clark has seen a whole lot more healings than you have. So why don't you just humble yourself and see what you can learn? And it was blowing my mind. I had instructors like um, recorded instructors like Heidi Baker, David Hogan, um, Bill Johnson, obviously Randy Clark. And I was just being fed all this incredible information. And that's where I was introduced to the training manual for ministry teams specifically. And I was like learning. um, We have something called the five step prayer method or model. 
um, and all these different things that were really practical as well as super spiritual, biblical information about physical healing and praying for the sick and seeing them recover and getting results. And I just felt so passionate about it. I was like, this is when Pastor Chris was still um, the head pastor at Zion. I was like, Pastor Chris, I want to take what I am learning and teach this because I am literally overflowing with information and I'm seeing results and I'm seeing people get healed um, that I wouldn't have before would you be willing to be open to this? And he was like, 100%. I'm familiar with that course. I've actually taken that course and let's go for it. So that's how that all was birthed. <clears throat> and then my passion um, just to continue education uh, grew. So I went on to deliverance one, and then I went on to emotional inner healing one, um, all while beginning this course at Zion, this equipping team to see people pray for the sick, to see people cast out demons, to see people hopefully raise the dead soon. Well, I mean, Eric Foster, but that wasn't necessarily the ministry team, but that was the faith of the saints at Zion and God's resurrecting power. Um, so we do know people were being raised in that way too, but hoping to see the greater and bigger things as well as also ministering to people's hearts and the emotional healing side has been pretty powerful as well. Right. Um, how you mentioned that God really had to humble you and you had like some preconceived notions. So what were some things that the Holy Spirit had to kind of break you out of or, or open your eyes to? <clears throat> well, I can be someone who's very extreme in my face. So sometimes I can feel like there should be no structure, no rules to anything. Um, everything is just, you know, super spirit led, super, just the power of God. Um, just me and the word, just me and Holy Spirit. And I know that that can be some people's journey. I'm inspired by a lot of people um, like Dan Muller and Heidi Baker, these people who had these radical encounters with the Lord and just were ministered to directly by him. But God can also teach us and equip us through other saints. And I know you and I both, Stacey, had been looking for a long time for discipleship and mentors. Um, and Chris and Joan were that for the brief season that we had them, which was such a blessing. But we didn't really have opportunities to have people disciple us, especially when it came to like living out the great commission and like moving right. in the power, yeah. the resurrected power of Jesus. Right. And walking like in the finished work of the cross. Yes. And, you know, just seeing, seeing things like miracles and, and healings. We were, um, I don't know where, where I'll ask you, but I'll, I'll say a little bit about myself where the fire started for me. And that was, um, I had seen some documentaries. Um, do you remember what? the Darren Wilson? Yeah, Darren Wilson, and I don't know if any of you listeners have seen them, but um, there, I think it was a Finger, Finger of God, God is the first one. Yeah, Finger of God, and Todd White is in them, and in, in a young Todd White, and and uh, he he's they're just documentaries of you know various um, miracles and signs and wonders that are happening around the country and. In internationally. So anyways, I had never seen um, or even really heard anybody talk about healings that you could see in real time, you know, like praying for someone and seeing immediate results. And so I was captivated and basically fascinated by that. Um, and that just really took off my hunger for getting in the word, reading, you know, what Jesus had to say about healings and how Jesus healed everyone that he came in contact with. And, um, and then when I met you, you know, we really connected over that uh, passion about seeing the gospel. Like I think you said, the gospel, the power of the gospel really 
realized in people's lives and seeing people set free. So I remember when we first met, we would talk for hours and hours about um, just things we were learning. And um, you mentioned Dan Moeller. We bonded a lot over some a lot of Dan Moeller videos and Dan Moeller um, trainings or, you know, uh, Internet uh, YouTube videos. But um, where did that where did that passion for you start? Or like, or like the realization, I guess. The, the you introduced epiphany. me. Well, I was hungry. Yeah. So I got, God radically delivered me from a lifestyle of heroin addiction, homelessness. Um, even I would say sex addiction, just like very broken darkness as is most of our story and all of our story in some capacity. And um, so I have always been a very extreme radical person when I know something, like when Jesus moved into my heart and was like, I'm the King, I am the God. I was like, okay, I'm sold out for you for my life. Like, I almost want to cry just thinking about it. Like, I was like, done. I don't even, I hadn't even opened a Bible yet. I just knew he just came in and he revealed himself to me as the God. I actually heard someone saying this recently and it blew my mind because it's so true is that when we say we want people to encounter Jesus, we always think that we're introducing to someone to someone to him who doesn't know him, but it's not true. Jesus has been pursuing us our whole life. Right. We're just explaining and revealing the one God who has been literally with them from the beginning of their creation and their birth, which I'm like, that is so true because though, even though I say I didn't know him, on some level, I always knew him. I just didn't know who he was. He hadn't, the devil had so deceived me mm -hmm. um, that I, he hadn't revealed himself to me or been able to in that way until the day I humbled myself to him. So now I lost my train of thought. What, what were we talking about before we talking, that? We were talking about how, how the we, passion. Yeah. Where, when did you first okay. get introduced to, to healing um, and healing power. and the, the fact that, you know, um, that Jesus empowers us through the power of the Holy Spirit right. to manifest the kingdom. Today. So all of that was to say that I always had this burning from getting saved. And the church I got saved at was perfect. It's where I needed to be to get saved. Um, but there was like, I knew there was more. Mm -hmm. And I was hungry for the more. And I was reading the gospels myself. And then I ended up at another church. And that one was like awesome at the time because it taught me a lot intellectually. But then I'm like still looking at the gospels and I'm like, there's more. Like yeah. there's still more. I know there's more. And that's when you and I started hanging out. God's clearly like divinely appointed us to be friends for that season because no one else in our circle right. was passionate the way we were about seeing the gospel realized. And Stacy introduced me to School of Kingdom Living by Dan Muller. There's like 20 to 30 videos on YouTube. They're like two and a half hours each. And Stacy and I listened to every single one of them <laughs> <laughs> and just got trained up and born again in a whole new way. Yeah, it was the first time. Wrecked for the God all over yeah, it's just yeah. the first time I really heard the gospel. I'm like, I knew all these things in my heart because Holy Spirit lived there reading the gospels, but the world and the American Western church, I think, at least in our area, I don't want to speak for everywhere because I don't know, can be so deceived into like this um, just mainstream Christianity that's like you go to church, you go home, you get by, you do your devotional and we were just like, there's like more. A like a, complac a complacency. Yeah. And no transformation. You can continue to be the same. Right. And and be a Christian because you know you're going to heaven rather than have Jesus move in, take over, yeah. and transform you and to live, be free. Yeah. And you live his life <clears throat> through through your life. Yes. Because it's right. when we first also realized that we weren't slaves to sin anymore. Right. Because the church can be so, and I'm not talking about our church. Zion is amazing, but just experiences with 
other churches we listen to or mainstream churches, whatever, um, that sin is so the focus so much of the time and we still function in such a legalistic mindset. And I, no one had told me that sin was dead. Right. You know, and when we listen to uh, Winnie uh, Coco Banoff, she has all these teachings on just Romans, the book of Romans, especially six, seven, eight, and the power of sin being dead. And I remember when I realized that and I just started broke out laughing. Like yeah. I was like, wait, sin is like dead. Right. You have no power it has over no me. Power. Literally none. Right. And I remember when I had that realization as an early Christian being and my pastor and I would fight about it because they would be like no you have to remember you can't sin I'm like I know the power of God on the cross has freed me from sin therefore I don't I don't stop sinning to earn his love he loves me therefore I stop sinning right and everyone was so afraid of that mindset for whatever reason they're like but you have to remember sin's bad like I hear you right (laughs) like sin is not good it separates us but also I'm not gonna achieve a sinless lifestyle before I can encounter the love of God it's the other way around right because even on your worst day he 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 showed up he was right he laid down his life amen right yes while we're still sinners Christ died for us and it's so easy to forget that I think okay so all of that to say is that you introducing me to those classes was really, I think the beginning of my eyes being opened to being like, wait, it's okay to believe the word for what what it says. says. Exactly. Elevating the word above your circumstance or or what you physically see with your eyes. Preach it, sister, preach it. Because (laughs) we had been struggling so much with like the circumstantial. And I was listening to on the way here to the fire about Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego and we're so focused on the fire, but right. they weren't even concerned. And it was turned up seven times and they were not concerned. And they walked in. So the fire was still there. In fact, it was turned up seven times and not once were they hindered by that. They hung out in that fire and Jesus showed up. Right. So it's like we're so busy, like making it about circumstance and all these other things instead of it being about him. Right. So during this time, uh, Holy Spirit really got a hold of us. He really, yes. he really, um, mentored us himself and we really started to our eyes really were open to the possibility of you know Christ can really live through you and um and we can manifest the kingdom through his name and his power and authority through the the resurrection and the Holy Spirit so let's talk a little bit about some of the things that we started to see um manifesting Christ manifesting through us um we saw a lot of healings. Um, well, we, we saw some some really powerful healing testimonies. So why don't you start? Yeah, we saw some powerful healing testimonies. And I, we also started ministering in power and authority, which was something that was new for me because I was so used to begging God to heal somebody. Right. And then I started learning how to just command sickness to go or say, be healed, because that's what we see in the Gospels. I always use the example of Peter being like, stand up and walk in the name of Jesus. Like, he wasn't like, Lord, come heal this man, and please help me. Um, So we started praying with authority. Stacy led the ministry team at Zion. Um, So we just started, or I'm sorry, at New Hope. At New Hope, not Zion. Um, Before Zion. And, but she and I and other people on the team just started having this new revelation of authority in Christ and the power to heal and so we just started praying that way and we would start to see some breakthrough. The one that stands out to me the most was a young man who was our friend's son. Yeah. Um, who was in a terrible accident. He had been struggling for a long time with some stuff, strongholds, however you want to say it, was in a car wreck. 
Mm-hmm. And um, our friend called us and was like, will you come see him in the hospital? Of course, we're like, we'll be there. And like, I don't remember if it was the same day, I think, or the next day. I think it was the very next day. Yeah, whatever. Late at night. And it was the very next day. So as soon as we could, we were both there. It was like the gospel in action for us. Neither one of us had really had an experience like that, being able to walk into a hospital room and just with the sole purpose of ministering to someone to see them loved and set free. Right. And that person had a liver cancer or condition. Um, I can't really remember. remember. Yeah. I don't remember the specifics only that they gave him a very poor prognosis and that he basically was having, um, like going into liver failure. Yeah. Due to, uh, you know, abuse of his liver through his life and trauma and all that stuff. So we simply prayed, we prophesied over him some things that were very encouraging from Holy Spirit to his heart, and we prayed for his healing. And then I'm pretty sure it was the very next day, his, his, or even maybe it was the same day. Uh, They did more tests, and then the test came back that his liver was normal and completely functioning, um, (laughs) which was not what they were expecting, and it was a 100% turnaround. So that was so mind-blowing for us we were so encouraged in the lord i think like one of the one of the things i remember most about that was that we we prayed for the for his liver and we commanded uh healing for his body but we also ministered to him in that he didn't have to be bound by the, like you said, the lifestyle choices that he made, that he could repent of that, all of that stuff. And like that sin, because Christ had already paid for it, didn't have authority to mark his body anymore. Like he didn't have to suffer from the consequence of those sins because Christ had paid for it all. And and I think that was something that really um, affected him because ever since that day, he has not struggled with that um with those uh, strongholds any longer. He's been um, sober. physically, yeah, physically healed and he's been sober since and he, he's doing really well. He's um, recently married. And so it's just been an amazing testimony of God's grace. Yeah. Amen. And I love that you brought up the, the, like, we can still think we don't deserve his healing, but the truth is we don't, none of us do. He right. paid for it. So it's like, just, stepping out of that mindset of I can't be healed. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. Yeah. Especially when you do things that like when you've committed a sin that has marked you or your body, uh, that's a direct result of sin. Mm -hmm. I think that's a lot of times hard for people to get over, but the, the fact of the matter is, is he's paid for it. Amen. And that actually helps me. It makes me more confident in certain healings. I was um, diagnosed with hepatitis C as a result of intravenous drug use. Um, so that was a direct link to sinning a lifestyle apart from God. And with me, whenever I start to feel, or the doctors try to tell me your levels are up or whatever, I can stand knowing that was a part of my dead identity, right? That Jesus Christ paid for on the cross. And it is tied to the sin that is no longer mine because he has forgiven all of it. It's in a sea somewhere. Like it doesn't exist before right. the eyes of God. Therefore, I don't really care what the and, doctors and want to say. And you're not that person anymore because that old person has died. You've been buried and then um, and then resurrected. Yes, we've been co-crucified yes. and co-raised, <laughs> co-buried, all of it with Christ. And I know that's like a side tangent, but it's so important because it is a part of the whole 
this is everything that we learned together that no one told us was like, no, you died. Right. I don't know who you think you are still living in that, like in that guilt and shame because you're a whole new creation and you don't have to carry the weight of that sin anymore. Like Jesus took that for you. And, and because of that, you know, just to reiterate it because of that, you know, the sin, like you said, sin has, you're dead to sin. It doesn't have the authority over you anymore. Yeah. It's a deception from the enemy. Any sickness that we, that we come into agreement with knowingly or unknowingly, and it's no one's fault. They shouldn't be condemning. You don't know what you don't know. Like we need the right. truth. We need the gospel to like penetrate every part of us to understand, wait, this is just a lie of the enemy because this sin no longer has authority in my life. Therefore, any illness or anxiety, depression, spirit attached to that thing has to go. It has no place in the name of Jesus. Absolutely. So, um, I mean, that was probably the most impactful, um, like dramatic testimony that we've seen. But I, I, I remember the first time that I stepped out, um, I, I was at a small group and, and I had never, um, at this point in my walk, I was very shy and I, I even didn't like to like pray out loud. You know, I was still like very new, um, to being like back into church and, and, um, interacting with other, uh, believers. And I was at a small group and a woman was talking and we were, uh, praying for, um, you know, different things. And, and I felt the Lord say to me, ask her about her back. So it was like the first time that I had ever gotten like a word of knowledge about a specific healing or situation. So I said, are you, are you having back problems? Like there's something wrong with your back. And so long story short, she was having like a lot of pain in her back. And, um, I had never, ever, like prayed for someone for healing, immediate healing. And I just said, can I put my hand on it? And and I just said, be healed in Jesus name. It was very simple. I didn't have a lot of, um, you know, I didn't have a lot of um, frill. I just said, uh, I just had the confidence that God told me, ask her. And I knew that meant he was going to move. And so I just said, be healed in Jesus name. And I, and at first it, it was better, but it wasn't all the way healed. And so I just prayed again and she had complete relief and she was shocked. And she texted me probably every hour, two hours for like the rest of the day, just saying like, I'm pain-free. I don't have any pain. It's gone. And that was probably the first time that I had ever stepped out into that um, revelation and seen God move. And so that was it for me. After that, I was I was sold out, like you said, yeah. sold out. And I just had, um, Todd White has this phrase, Godfidence, but I just had so much Godfidence after that. And it just, like you said, just ignited me to like get into the word and and see what other people had to say about it. And was anybody else seeing this? And like, what are we, you know, like, how can we free more people? And just, you know, how can we be free ourselves? And it was just a, such an amazing journey. So I remember that was the first time I ever had seen it myself. Yeah. Amen. I know when you get like a word of knowledge and you get to step out in that way, it takes a little bit of courage to be like, um, I think, cause I had that experience at the YMCA in the parking lot. I just saw a woman and God was like her back. And I was like, um, excuse me, but <laughs> is oh, you, do you have pain you. in your back? And I'm like the most girl, you know how I roll. I'm just like, whatever, you got pain in your back. Like I don't do the small talk. I'm not good at that. Um, and she said, yeah, how did you know? Like she looked real scared. And I was like, well, the Lord told me. And I was like, can I pray for it? And same thing. It was the most simple, like be healed in Jesus name. And I was like, so how's your pain? She's like, 
um, it's gone. Like it's totally gone. It's gone. I was just like, all right, have a great day. Cause like my kids were in the car crying and like, bless you, you know, but just to encourage all of you listening to it takes stepping out. And something I learned from Todd White too, was like, he prayed for hundreds of people before he saw an actual healing. Right. And I remember getting so on fire in that time that I, it almost went too far to the extreme. God had to break some things off of me where I was like, I'm going to pray for every single sick person I see, every person with a cane, every person who's injured. And I would not always see healings. I was, a lot of it was nerves. And also it became a little bit like of a works mentality, which God also broke off. He's like, you don't have to heal people for me to love you. Like you don't have to pray for the sick for me to love you. You do it because you love me. Like, and you love them and and you you know that, you know, the truth is that they don't have to be bound by Satan because that's all it is. It's all all afflictions in that way that are outside of the garden are Satan's chains or however you want to say it. Like, well, it's all the result. You're saying it's all from the fall before the fall. And we know also like we know in heaven, there is no more sickness. There's no pain. There is no more tears. So we know like when we pray the Lord's prayer and we say like, let it be. So like your kingdom come as earth as in heaven, we can pray confidently that that is the will of God because we know from scripture that when God created us in the garden, there was no sickness. And when he comes again, there will be no sickness. So, so we know we can have confidence that it's always the will of God to pray for healing uh, along with a barrage of other scripture that commands us to pray for others. Um, we can just simply know that, uh, we're just asking heaven to come and we know that it, it, to, to manifest itself the way it is in heaven, because we know from scripture that there, there is no sickness there. Yeah. And there heaven has come, like we talk about and lives inside of us via the person of Jesus Christ by Holy spirit. So when we're called to step out, we're stretching out our hand. It just is about us acknowledging the finished work of the cross and the resurrection to be like your healing is paid for. And I'm just acknowledging that agreeing with God's will that is already done Mm -hmm. on behalf of you. Right. Which is why we don't have to ask for healing. So we've been talking a lot about the things that we've seen in our experience and some of the experiences we've had in the past, but let's um, bring it back to, to what's happening now, like what's God doing now. So how are you seeing um, these principles and these things that you've been teaching the ministry team um, impacting Zion Fellowship? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy because I didn't realize when beginning the ministry team that it was like God had been preparing us through all of that season, almost for this, like all this knowledge and truth that I had and some experience, um, finally having like a platform to share that with others, the way like you had shared it with me and we would discuss stuff. Um, So now at Zion, when we originally started the ministry team, it was still Pastor Chris and Joan. And then very shortly after uh, we transferred leadership as they went off for their apostle, uh, apostolic, I can't ever say the word. Apostolic. Thank you. Apostolic. (laughs) Um, calling and Pastor Mark stepped in, Pastor Mark Scorzone. And God just told me when I saw him, because at first I cried really hard, then I heard Chris and Joan were leaving. And I looked at Pastor Mark and I literally saw in the spirit like a mantle come onto his shoulders. And God said, This is the one I've chosen for this season to lead you guys. And not only did I see that, but he showed me Pastor Mark leading this army. And so it was kind of cra- God's timing is perfect because, like I said, I had no intention of this ministry team, there was no plan. Um, God had it start right when it was supposed to, when Pastor Mark was stepping in. And his vision for Zion was 
things a lot of us had been praying just to see in general in this region, just to see Holy Spirit have more of the platform, um, to see more room for signs and wonders and miracles. And Pastor Mark, too, has uh, a physical healing anointing on his life or calling on his life. So we came into agreement about all of those things to equip. And it goes beyond just equipping people to pray for the sick. It's more about equipping people to have faith for the word, because through that we have, we know we have the authority to cast out demons, like that every principality power, um, unclean spirit is under our feet. Like it's under Jesus's that death can be a lie, you know, that we can call people back and all just having the boldness to step out. So pastor Mark has really been a blessing making room for all of that to function. And we're all, trying to just be obedient to God and to what Holy Spirit wants to do right now at Zion. Pastor Mark started um, the turnaround May Mm -hmm. and that whole beginning was just all these things, people praying and breaking ground for years. Some people have been at Zion for years and years, just praying, waiting for that breakthrough. Um, And we had been looking for it in other places as well. And then all of us just coming together at Zion around COVID for such a time as this and believing that God was going to turn it around in May. And we have seen incredible breakthrough in a lot of areas. Corporate worship has really changed. Um, you can feel feel faith rising in the room. Right. Um, we saw our, our good friend Eric get healed. All of us were leaving like with faith for that to happen. Um, and just seeing people on the ministry team, it has really been beautiful because you, you never know who God's going to give you, but it's like all these people, I'm just this young person who's only been saved for a few years. Like I don't have a ton of experience. And I look at these people who have been pastors before or who have right. like years of experience right. doing deliverance ministry, all of these things. And some people who are totally anti-believing in healing, like they think God, they have a different theology about that. But yet everyone came with like humble, hungry hearts to just in the, in the agreed agreement that we want to see the gospel manifest the way it was when Jesus was literally walking right? because he still walks through each one of us and um, seeing people, their eyes get open to believe for healing people who thought that it was beyond their, their reach. Um, Just seeing people being humble to be like, I had believed this lie for so long and now I can see that it's a lie and I'm taking authority over it. And also just seeing people with tons of experience just backing us and sharing their experience. I would say probably that's one of the things that I've been most blessed by and most grateful is that we have found a body of believers that are like-minded and where we fit in and where, you know, we're accepted, but also championed for believing the truth of the word. Yeah. So that's been um, just so great. And I'm just so grateful for this body of believers. Yeah. Just hungry people ready to see more of God, knowing that they're not satisfied with mediocre, mediocre Christianity. Status quo. No. Exactly. Yeah. Praise so God. We're excited to see what God's going to do in in the next couple of months. I mean, there's already been such a turnaround just in the last couple Sundays. So it's exciting. It's an yes. exciting time to be alive. It is exciting. Well, thank you for uh, joining us today. And we'd love to hear uh, more of your stories at another time. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for having me, Stacy. I enjoyed it very much. That's all the time we have for today. As always, thanks for listening to the Our Body Podcast. 
The body is not one member, but many. And we'd love to hear your testimonies of being loved by God and loving others on a future episode of the Our Body Podcast. If you're interested in sharing your testimony, email us at ourbody@zionfellowship.net. We're all a story of His grace. Until next time.